Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolist. Centipede was always a game that confounded me greatly. No matter how many times I played it, no matter how many quarters I pumped into the game, I just could never master it. To this day I have sometimes a freak good game, but most of the time, I'm pretty horrible at Centipede. That doesn't mean I don't try and play it all the time, and the need or want to play Centipede has been ingrained into me from a very early age. I'm going to talk about an experience that maybe other people had back in the 80s and 70s when they were very young. It's an experience of bonding with a video game without playing it. One year, my family took a trip down to Florida. Our ultimate goal would be going to Walt Disney World, and it was great. But before that, we went to the coast, and we would stay on the beach for a couple of days. It was very nice. Great memories. Well, this one hotel that we were staying at was basically near the beach, so we can go to the beach. Unlike New Jersey, there was no boardwalk or anything. And there was a pool. So during the day, we would go to the beach and hang out. And at night and in the morning, we could hang out at the pool. That was fun for a while. Then I discovered that there was a vending machine room. And in that vending machine room was a Coca-Cola machine, a candy machine, and the arcade game Centipede. Now at home, it was easy for me to get a quarter. Probably could get one once a day by doing errands for my family so I could play a game. On vacation, coming across a quarter was quite difficult. I would ask my sisters if they wanted anything from the vending machine. I would look around trying to find anything. I even went under the seats of the car trying to find a quarter to play this game, which I had heard of, but at that point had never played. And it's quite an eye-catching game. Just because I couldn't play it didn't mean I didn't obsess over it. And you've probably seen kids do this even nowadays where they sort of hang out in front of an arcade game and pretend to play it. That's what I did. I pretend played Centipede up until someone would come in and if they stood behind me for a second, I thought, oh, they want to play. And then I would step away, and then they would play, and I would watch them. Then they would leave, and I would pretend play again. I must have spent 45 minutes a day, at least, in this tiny little room staring at Centipede, moving the trackball around, pretending I was playing it. By the end of our few days there, I think I got to play it twice. Both times, horrible. But I was hooked. I had stared and fantasized about that game for so long that... I completely fell under its spell, and as soon as the game was available for the Atari 2600, which I was a big fan of, I picked that up as well. I'm not sure if there's anything quite like that experience nowadays, since there's not a ton of arcades and not even a ton of random video games lying around in hotels, but I guess the closest you would get now is demo games that you could download through online services. Those are a little different, because you actually get to play those with this, and I think this was pretty widespread. You were completely using your imagination and playing along to the demo that was going on on the screen. It might have been torture, but I wouldn't trade those memories for anything in the world. On today's show, we're going to talk about Centipede. Talk a little bit about the story behind the game. Talk about the creators. Talk a little bit about the technology that went into it. Talk a little bit about the ports, the sequels. We'll talk a little bit about playing Centipede outside the video game world. And of course, we'll talk about the high score in the game of Centipede. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show.
in Centipede, the player controls a gun, a wand, a snakehead, or maybe even a gnome, depending on the source you read, you get different answers. It is something, and it's vaguely triangular, that can only move in the bottom fifth of the screen. And the object is to shoot a centipede that works its way down to the player through mushrooms. At the same time that you're trying to take out the centipede, which when you shoot breaks up into little parts, you are also attacked by fleas, spiders, and scorpions, all who have different powers. Now that's just a standard description of Centipede. What I like is the description that was laid out in the Atari 2600 manual. Once upon a time, in a misty, enchanted forest, there lived a colony of good elves. These elves had a major problem, though. Their prized mushroom garden was infested with pests. A giant centipede, a poison-spreading scorpion, a mischief-making spider, and a pesky flea. The good elves tried everything they could to rid their garden of these bugs, but nothing worked. One day, an elf named Oliver was hacking away at a poison mushroom in the garden. Suddenly, he saw an unusual stick gleaming in the dirt. Just as Oliver picked up the stick, a spider jumped out from behind a mushroom and rushed at him. When Oliver waved his hand wildly to try to scare the spider away, Sparks flew from his stick and the spider disappeared. How did that happen, Oliver wondered out loud. Could this be a magic wand? Soon Oliver had another chance to try the wand, when the scorpion scurried across a row of mushrooms, poisoning every mushroom it touched. Oliver pointed the wand at the scorpion and shouted, Be gone! Instantly the scorpion disappeared, and the poisoned mushrooms were transformed back into normal mushrooms. This is great! This is the tool we need to clean up our mushroom garden, Oliver shouted ecstatically. With his newfound magic wand, Oliver hid behind a mushroom. Okay, you great big centipede, he said. Come out wherever you are. I'm ready for you now. See, that's a lot more evocative. You couldn't fit that description anywhere on the main video game, but you can kind of read that into be the plot of the arcade game. Centipede was developed by Atari and was designed by Ed Logg and Donna Bailey. It was released in 1980. Ed Logg got the idea for the game from a book of game ideas where it was listed generically as Bug Shooter. Bailey had heard about this and was interested in working on the game, so Log worked a bit on the concept and turned it over to Bailey. Later, he would return to work even more on the game. According to Log, he reckons he did about half the coding for the game, so this game is kind of a 50-50 split between Log and Bailey. One of Bailey's chief contributions, and a stunning one, was the game's unique color scheme. While other games tended to use the brightest colors available, she opted for pastels, which gives the game a very unique look. Now, as the game was being developed, originally you couldn't shoot the mushrooms. They were static, and they would absorb shots, so you had to shoot around them. But thanks to a suggestion by Dan Van Elderen, who was in charge of engineering at the time, and would later become president of Atari, they decided to make them shootable. And that led to the idea of using fleas to deposit more mushrooms, and would add more balance to the idea of multiple insects in the garden. The game was unique in many ways. But one of the most outstanding features is its trackball. Now why a trackball? Log said that he had used a trackball when working on Atari football, and he thought that the ball allowed for a better range of motion than a joystick or any other type of controller available to them at the time. So he opted to use a smaller version of the football trackball for Centipede. 
And I'll talk a little bit about the enemies and gameplay a little bit later. But if you've watched Centipede boot up, you'll notice that there's a creature in the test mode that isn't in the game. And that was a grasshopper enemy that was supposed to originally be in the game, but was taken out at the last minute. I believe he would have sort of just jumped across the screen and you would have had to have dodged him and obviously shoot him. If you do a search online, you can easily find an image of the grasshopper. A little bit about the people behind Centipede. Ed Logg, arcade video game designer, worked at Atari and at Atari Games, and he co-developed the game Asteroids with Lyle Rains, which is another podcast you could listen to. And he would later co-design or design Centipede, Millipede, and the Gauntlet series. So this guy has done a lot. Donna Bailey's interesting. She was one of the few female programmers at Atari at the time. And that means she was one of the few game programmers in the entire industry at the time. She had an interesting story, which was published in an interview. She had been working at GM when she first spotted Space Invaders. She had heard about Space Invaders through the Pretenders song Space Invaders and was asking her friends what this was all about at the time. So one of her friends brought her to a bar that had a cocktail model of Space Invaders, and they played during lunch. She got killed right away, but was intrigued by what she saw, and she thought to herself, I can do this. Then she asked herself, where did they do this? Is this the only one? So she, like most of America, had no idea where these games came from. But she knew at the time this is something she wanted to take a shot at. And it's good she did, because she helped create one of the more successful games of the time. Now, she's one of the earlier female programmers in video games. But from what I read, one of the very first video game designers was Carol Shaw. And I just wanted to throw Carol Shaw in there. Maybe I'll mention her if I do a River Raid podcast, which is a game that she worked on. But she worked on 3D Tic-Tac-Toe in 1979, which made her one of the very first female video game designers. Now, many people have made a big deal over the fact that Bailey was a woman and was working on this game because this game did really well amongst women. But why is that? And that's a hard question to answer. Some people have just sort of tried to say that because a female made it, she made it with women in mind, and that's why it works. But that doesn't really answer any questions, since some of the game was done by Log. Log actually has theories as to why the game succeeded. Chief amongst them was that the game isn't gender-biased, and other games that did well amongst women, like Pac-Man and Tetris, are not gender-biased either. Or it might just have been that the game was so different than anything else at the time, and it threw a very wide net, and it seemed to catch women just at the right time when they were coming into arcades. Donna Bailey currently teaches in the Department of Rhetoric and Writing at the University of Arkansas and often does speaking engagements about gaming and game design. She also teaches a class geared specifically towards students' training in game design. When the game came out, it was a big success, and they decided to hold a tournament at the peak of the game's success in 1981. And it was a three-day tournament to be held in Chicago, and they were hoping to get 10,000 of the world's greatest video game players to go head-to-head -head in a playoff of Centipede. Sadly, the tournament turned out to be a flop. It was way too expensive, a $60 registration fee. Only about 150 people came to the tournament, and to make matters worse, 
People are invited to practice for the tournament before it started, so you pay your $60. But none of the games were set to free play, so you had to pay a quarter to practice before the game. And then those games were set on a timer to expire in only three minutes. So no matter how well you did in your practice, that quarter was over in three minutes. It was a huge disaster. The winner of the tournament was Eric Ginner, and the top female player was Aksu Han. Ginner got $12,000 and Han $4,000. The only problem was their checks bounced. The tournament people had not counted on this not being a success. They had run other tournaments before, and they'd all been very positive. So in order to avoid bad publicity, Atari paid the prize, and this tournament went in the history books as a really bad idea. So how do you play Centipede? As I mentioned, the player is represented by a small little thing at the bottom of the screen. Depending on what you read, it's a gnome or a guy with a wand. It's not that important. The player moves that character around the bottom of the screen with a trackball and fires shots at a centipede advancing from the top of the screen down through a field of mushrooms. When the centipede hits a mushroom or the edge of the screen, it drops one level and switches direction, just like Space Invaders. Thus, more mushrooms on the screen cause the centipede to descend more rapidly. But happily, the player can shoot those mushrooms. It takes four hits to destroy a mushroom. If the centipede reaches the bottom of the screen, it moves back and forth within the player area. When all the centipede segments are destroyed, a new centipede forms at the top of the screen. Every time a centipede is eliminated, however, the next one is one segment shorter and is accompanied by one additional fast-moving head centipede. Players lose life when hit by the centipede or another enemy, such as the scorpion or flea. When the flea moves down the screen, he leaves mushrooms behind. Spiders move across the player area in a zigzag fashion and occasionally eat some of the mushrooms. Scorpions poison every mushroom they touch, but these never appear in the player's movement region. A centipede touching a poison mushroom hurtles straight towards the player area. Now a little advice from Conquer the Video Craze on how to play centipede. Centipede. The object of this game is to kill the centipede before he reaches the bottom of the screen. While the centipede is making its way down, zigzagging back and forth across the screen, other creatures will be coming out trying to get you. A spider will be trying to get you, and fleas will be dropping at you from the top of the screen. You will have to keep killing these creatures throughout the game. So, the idea of the play is to kill the centipede and anything else that comes out at you. The spider comes out which is worth 300, 600, or 900 points depending on how close it is to you when it's shot. You are a gun which looks like a snakehead and your movement's limited to only five spaces up and down across the bottom of the screen. Since your domain is so limited, it is essential that you keep these spaces clear all the time to allow you enough mobility to avoid the spider which keeps trying to kill you because these same spaces are his main area too. Mushrooms will be laid down on the screen every time you shoot a part of the centipede. Whenever the centipede hits a mushroom, he will go down one level and his direction is reversed. So his journey to the bottom will be hastened and his usual wide zigzag trail is shortened. So if there are many mushrooms on the screen for the centipede to bump into, then he will reach the bottom faster than if he encountered no mushrooms along the way. Remember to first clear them away out of your domain by just shooting them off the screen so that your domain is kept clear and your movement is not obstructed. Now, here's my favorite way to play centipede. The centipede moves at medium speed. 
You clear the bottom section of mushrooms and be sure to watch out for the spider. The trick is to set up a tube from the top of the screen straight down toward you. The way to build your tube is to look at the high score. The centipede line always comes out from just under the fourth digit reading right to left or the third digit reading left to right. So start the game and begin by shooting right along that line under that magic digit and as you shoot centipede after centipede as they come out at you your tube builds up piece by piece coming out from that digit. It is important that you be shooting at the magic digit right when the centipede comes out because those top pieces of tube are so hard to get and are so important. Each time you shoot the centipede a head splits away from the centipede. Build the tube until there are more heads than a centipede line. Then kill everything as quickly as possible until the centipede line starts all over. When you get to 10 centipede heads split off on the sides, you will kill them all and the game starts over and you're back to one centipede line. Now, when it starts over, the centipede comes straight down the tube which makes it very easy to kill. From time to time, a scorpion worth 1,000 points comes out and changes the color of the mushrooms. If the centipede hits one of these poisoned mushrooms, it will cause him to shoot straight down to the bottom, not zigzagging. Whenever a centipede reaches the bottom, it will go up the five spaces and then back down five spaces. You must kill the centipede before it finishes this up and down pattern or a centipede head will come out at you from the side. Kill these heads from the side as fast as you can because if you miss one, others will come out faster and faster. These heads always come out from the fifth space. Once you've killed all the heads coming out from the side, your play will resume again from the top. Shooting up the tube is an easy way of shooting the scorpion. So when your screen begins to get cluttered with lots of mushrooms, it's good to have a clear shot at the scorpion. Also, a valuable trick is to set yourself up under a mushroom, and when the centipede approaches the mushroom, just blast away and you'll get them both at once. Using this tube strategy, it is easy to extend your playing of this game to an hour or more on only one quarter. I hope you learned something. Here is the scoring for the game. A centipede's head is worth 100 points. The centipede body segment, 10. A spider at close range is worth 900 points. A spider at medium range is worth 600 points. A flea, 200 points. A scorpion, 1,000 points. A restored mushroom, 5 points. And a destroyed mushroom, 1 point. Now there's an interesting bug in scoring that Ed Log would find later after the game was released. He noticed some co-workers playing Centipede, but they would only play Player 2. He asked them why, and they said, well, we get better scores when we play Player 2. Log scratched his head and thought, that doesn't make any sense. So he went back into the code and found that instead of the spider reducing his range as the player's score increased, the second player spider was increasing his range, making the game much easier to play. The game technical overview. The game uses a 6502 microprocessor and one Atari Pokey sound chip. And technical overview. Today's podcast is brought to you by your local exterminator. If you've got bugs, they want to kill them. Exterminators. If you've got insects in the walls, under the floor or roof.
love them exterminators. So there were many ports of Centipede, of course being an Atari game. It was of course ported to the various Atari systems such as the VCS, the 5200, the 7800, the Atari 800. Atari's Atari Soft would also make versions for the Apple II and the Commodore. A prototype was created for the Atari Lynx but was never released. In 1993, Centipede was released on the Microsoft Arcade. It would also appear on the Game Boy in 1994 in the Arcade Classics series. In 1999, it was released as part of Arcade's Greatest Hits, the Atari Collection for PlayStation. The game would also appear on the Dreamcast and on the PlayStation again a few years later. Most recently, the game has appeared on the Xbox and PlayStation 2, both in the Arcade and 2600 versions. The Xbox Live Arcade version was bundled with the sequel Millipede, which includes an evolution mode, which has high-def graphics and special effects that are dizzying and make it much more difficult to play. In March of this year, 2010, Centipede was released as an arcade game in the Game Room section of the Xbox 360. Later in the year, the 2600 version would be released. Of course, Centipede has shown up on phones. A licensed phone version of Centipede that includes the original game as well as updated gameplay has been released for phones. In 2008, Atari released the game in the Apple App Store for the iPhone and iPod Touch. Saturday Super Game will return after these messages. Centipede from Atari. It could change your life. Help! Somebody call an exterminator! And 
now back to Saturday's Super Cave. Of course, in the good old days of video games, if you were creating a game that was popular in the arcades, you would often see clones and bootlegs. Amongst the clones of Centipede are the awesomely named Caterpillar, Mill Pack, Magic Maggot, Jackler, Slither, War of Bugs, and Monstrous Maneuvers in a Mushroom Maze. On the home systems, you had a lot of Centipede wannabes. Aqua Attack, Caterpillar, Centibug, Decipede, Caterpillar, Megapede, which sounds like an awesome sci-fi movie. That came out on the TRS-80 color computer back in 83. Video Vermin, and of course, Mushroom Alley for the Commodore 64. Now, you got the clones, but you also have a legitimate sequel, and a decent one. Centipede was followed by Millipede in 1982. It was less successful in the arcade, but I think just as playable and very well balanced. Just because you don't have any electricity doesn't mean you cannot play Centipede. In 1983, Milton Bradley released a board game based on the video game. Now, this game pits two players against each other in a race to be the first to the opponent's home base with a centipede. Each player can utilize a blaster in the game, as well as the scorpion and the spider, which will slow the opposing centipede's movements. Does this sound familiar? That song was released in 1982 by Buckner and Garcia, who recorded Pac-Man Fever and Do the Donkey Kong, and that's called Ode to Centipede. It was never quite as successful as Pac-Man Fever. Centipede makes an appearance in a film from the 80s, the James Bond film Never Say Never Again, which is that unofficial one with Sean Connery in it. In a scene, Domino, played by Kim Basinger, is playing Centipede at a charity event while Bond attempts to make contact with a great product placement. The highest score for Centipede was scored by Donald Hayes, who scored a world record of 7,111,111 points under tournament rules on the arcade version of Centipede on November 5th, 2000. There's a separate record for the marathon score on the arcade version of Centipede, and that is 16,389,547 points, which was scored by Jim Schneider on June 11th, 2004. If you are interested in learning more about the people behind Centipede, there's a couple of books you could check out. Game Design, Theory, and Practices by Richard Rouse and Steve Ogden. The Ultimate History of Video Games, From Pong to Pokemon and Beyond by Stephen Kent. And High Score, The Illustrated History of Electronic Games by Russell DiMaria and Johnny L. Wilson. If you would like to play Centipede right in your browser, you can point your browser to www.atari.com play Atari centipede, and it's a lot of slashes, but there is a perfectly emulated version of Centipede. So if you're ever sitting around at lunchtime and need a little fix, you could just point your browser there and play until your heart's content.
Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist and twitter.com slash retroist. Thanks to Peachy for the music you hear during the podcast. If you'd like to contact Peachy about doing some music for your project, you can email him at peachy at retroist.com. The song you hear at the end of the show was by the band 8-Bit Weapon, and that song is called Bombs Away. It's from their album Vaporware Soundtrack 2.0. You can find more information about 8-Bit Weapon at 8bitweapon.com. If you're a dedicated listener to the podcast, might I suggest you head over to iTunes or Zune or wherever you downloaded the podcast and maybe give the show a rating. Those ratings really help to attract more fans, and I would really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. play a little centipede on the Atari 2600.
This has been a retrospection. Goodbye.